he was going to a wedding, and he threw the biggest temper tantrum ever, saying, it's going to be boring, it's going to be boring. Well, he has a point. Um, but it was a great day yesterday, a day of love, a day when two people came to deck together and, and publicly committed their love for one another. And I'm thankful for the preacher who I'm going to steal some of their stories today. Um, but it spoke of love. And the problem is that we have, is that we have one word for love. And in the Bible, there's lots of different words. You know, we have eros, an intimate love between two people. That intimacy that might be shown in marriage. That philia, a mutual love, an equal love, or almost like a, a friendship, a mutual respect. Storge, I think that's how you pronounce it. Is it Storge? I'm looking at Jeff, because I think Jeff's probably up more from Greek than I am. I don't know that one. Know all the others. But a love between a parent and a child. But I want to speak today about the love in Greek is called agape. It's a deeper love than anything we can imagine. You know, even at that wedding yesterday when both uh, the, the, the uh, two getting married were, were in showing their love for one another publicly, I want to talk about God's love, which is even deeper than that. One of the things that the preacher said yesterday, which I thought was very interesting, is as a world, as society, we are always told the opposite of love is hate, aren't we? It's love and hate. But actually, the Bible makes it different. The Bible says the opposite of love is pride. The opposite of love is pride. It's not about the other person. It's not about showing love to someone else. It's about what I want, what I need, what I expect. And they said, look at the word pride. What's the middle letter? And my dyslexic self went D. And it took me a few minutes to work out, no, it's I. The middle word at the very centre of that word is pride, is I. It's all about me. And love is the complete opposite of that. It's all about the other. It's all about wanting the other person to grow. It's not about a 50-50. Love is not about... A 50-50. When you're in a marriage, it's not a 50-50 relationship. It's not that you give 50% of your love and the other person gives 50% of their love. And that just about works. You have to give yourselves completely. Because if we start only giving part of ourselves to anything, we're not fully committed. We're not fully into. We're not fully showing our love, our care, our passion. We're only showing but part. A gentleman was once sat in McDonald's, and this is a story I nicked from yesterday. Was once sat in McDonald's, and out of the corner of his eye, he saw some elderly people walk in. I'm sure they were young at heart, but elderly people walk in. And they sat down on a table, and as with McDonald's now, they come and bring your food to them, and, and that, I don't know, obviously, so I never go there. Um, <laughs> The food was placed in front of a paper bag, apparently. And in it, the gentleman pulled out the burger. And he broke it in half. He gave half to his wife, half to himself. Out came one box of fries, half to himself, 
half to the other person. Out came the drink, but with a spare cup, and he pulled half in and slid the cup over and started on the drink. The gentleman watched at this old couple as the woman sat cross-armed in her chair as the husband started eating the food. And he thought, I've got to go over, I've got to go. And he went over and said, look, I'm happy to buy you another meal. And the old gentleman said, no, 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 this is what we do. We share everything 50-50. And the man's heart melted and thought, this was lovely. And then he turned around to the woman and said, if you don't mind me saying, why are you watching a meeting? Why are you waiting? And she said, because we share teeth, and it's his turn with the teeth first. (laughs) You see, sharing, splitting things 50-50 does not always work. You have to give your all. You have to give everything in order that we can experience the fullness of what God has given us. We have to give ourselves completely and utterly. The Bible passage that Michelle read earlier is a, it's like a Christmas letter. We can start mentioning Christmas because it's coming soon. It's like a Christmas letter. You know when you open a card from friends and they send out this generic letter that tells you how wonderful their year's been and then you pile them up and you think, oh, I'll read that later and never get around to it and they go into recycling. Those letters, just a hint, don't send them to us. Um, There's no specific audience. But actually, this is like this book in the Bible here. It's a generic letter to those who believe in Jesus Christ. There's no specific audience. But there's some important things that are pulled out from this passage. Firstly, that we love God because God first loved us. It's nothing we have done to earn God's love. Before time began, before this earth was created, before even we were there and God was, God loved us. And if you can't get your head around that, don't worry. You're not meant to. Just meant to trust that before we even were, God loved us. And so in us saying that we want to love God is not some amazing declaration of love that is completely unfounded. It's not like saying we have instigated this. I have chosen to love God. It is purely and simply a response. A response to the one who has shown us love already. That we love God. God first loved us. And so even if we don't know it or haven't experienced it, God loves us. And our response back is, do we therefore love God? The other thing the writer says is there is no fear in love. There's not a worry that we get things wrong, that we might lose this love, that that we might do something that doesn't quite please God and therefore God is going to stop loving us. You know, because we have to remember, as I said before, we haven't earned it in the first place. So if we haven't earned it, we can't then do something to lose it. God gives his love freely to us and ask us to respond. But there should be no fear in love. No fear that we do something wrong because in God's eyes we are loved. We are cherished. We are home. 
and therefore nothing we do can we lose God's love. There should be no fear, no worry. And then the writer tells us to love one another. Now I think that sometimes that's the hardest one out of the lot, isn't it? Now love one another even when the other person absolutely does your head in. Um, at the wedding yesterday, I am a stickler. I want to get in the wedding and I want to find a seat and then we can talk to people um, because we just block up passageways. And Michelle's the opposite. She likes to talk to people and then find the seat. And I, this is really hard to know, I can get a little bit grumpy about it. I know it might not seem it, but I can get a little bit grumpy about it. But even in those moments when Michelle goes, oh, stop it, will you? I know she still loves me. Mm. <laughs> Let's move on. She still loves me. But that's the thing, is we need to show love to one another. And even those times of disagreements, the things we can't quite get right, we show love to one another. Because God has shown us the greatest love. And therefore, we love one another. And it all comes down to one simple thing that this passage responds to, but it's better known in a passage that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That actually God's love means that our life is greater than what we can see on this earth. And that is the heart of the message God loves the world, and you are the world. God loves you, you, you. God loves everyone. And he gave his son, Jesus Christ, that we might know of this love, that we might be able to see the heart of the Father. And then we are called to respond. And how do we respond to God's love? Love one another, of course but giving ourselves completely. Saying, God, I want to do what you want in my life. Might be a hard thing to say. Being a Christian isn't boring. It doesn't stop you from doing lots of things. It's freeing, life-giving, exciting. But we have to respond. And the response this morning might be that, yes, I, I committed to God a long time ago, but I'm not giving 100%. It might be for the first time this morning saying, actually, I want to give my all to God because I believe that God can do something in my life that that I just can't understand. Or that there's a love missing in my life. There's, There's something missing within me. And actually, this morning, I believe that God can feel that. This is the message of the whole Bible. That God loves us. That God wants a relationship with us. So here this morning, here and now, as we watch Adam make that commitment, we ourselves might want to once again ask the question, are we amazed by God's love? And if so, how are we going to respond? Just going to give us a few moments of stillness, of silence, just to reflect upon what's been said and what our response is. And then Adam's very bravely going to come and just share a little bit about why he's doing what he's doing this morning. But let's just be still for a few moments.